You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Stephen Major, who's Global Head of Fixed Income Research at HSBC. Great to have you on the program this morning, Stephen, given such an important day in terms of data, the US CPI uh, today. The yield curve inversion has passed its first birthday, 10-year yields. Have they further to rise? This obviously is the main focus of markets. No. Anymore? Anymore? So, <laughs> so, so the, 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 the peak for yields was mm. established in October 2022. And since then, we've had four months with yields down and mm. four months with yields up. And we're back at the top of the range. So, you know, everyone's been a winner in this in this game, if you like. Uh, so this, this is what turning points look like in that uh, you get a bifurcation of views and no, again, there's no wrong or right here. So, so you've got a hawkish narrative, which is part of the forward guidance. And you're all part of this because you're discussing it and you're yeah. feeding it into valuations and expectations. So central banks want everyone to know that they're on guard against inflation and, and that they might even hike some more. But the truth is, we all know right, that yeah. we're at the end of the cycle, more or less, give but, or take. <laughs> and But then, to my point, is that you're actually a little bit bullish on European rates. And again, yeah. this is the same playbook for the ECB, keen to emphasise its oh. hawkishness. Yeah. But actually, can the economy yeah. in Europe really withstand this? And the yeah. US economy you know larger more powerful yeah you've read our report then so you so so actually we we have uh, bullish uh, which is the maximum for us uh, on five levels uh, for us and the eurozone and for choice maybe the eurozone is the better one and it's about what's priced into the forwards so if you look into 2024 market barely discounts the chance of a rate cut it's a you know ten basis points here or there. Mm. The U.S. is quite deep uh, easing expectations. If you look at where the one year forward is, for example, and so if this was a bet, and I'm not allowed to use the word bet in our publications, but I'm going to use it here, right? If it was a bet, you get better value on buying the eurozone. I'm saying eurozone, not UK here, right? Than than, than the U.S. right? So uh, because you know if if the if there's a recession, the eurozone isn't pricing it. Mm. The U.S. is. You see, you, see, you see what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, then let's talk UK. Gilts yeah. have been described as a falling knife that no one wants to catch. Do you yeah. agree with that? Well, there's some people who will catch them. So if you're rich enough, so if I'm talking about retail investors here, you should be buying some at the front end because you know, there's a capital gains tax advantage. I'm, I'm not here mm. to give personal financial advice, but the, the point is who is going to be the marginal buyer mm. of gilts when it's 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 horrible you've got the inflation picture the bank of england's still hiking and they have to be hawkish it, it's really horrible uh, but you, you know the marginal buyer will come in if the price is right so when you can get yields above five percent at the front end there are plenty of 
individuals and institutions that will be will be will be chomping at the bit to, to, to start entering the front end of the gilt market i think you, you you've got good price points mm. i'm talking about price not yield here right with the price so far below par there will be those who work out the the, the kind of tax advantages uh, so then what do you make of this warning um from the bank of england this morning from the financial stress test around increasingly risk-averse global investors could raise the cost for funding for uk institutions i mean that again it's it's part of the uk narrative isn't it the reliance on overseas investors and that is yeah. a risk that the bank of england again is sort of highlighting look the look, the, the, the I'm not the first person to say this, but you know, the people are comparing the UK with uh, non-developed market mm. countries, uh, yeah. And you know, there's articles about it. Everyone's discussing it, and um, you know, fiscal dominance kind of stories as well. I mean, I, I was looking at the interest bill for the, the annual interest bill. It's now multiples of what we used to have in gilt issuance. I, I remember the days; well, it was only a few years ago that we were issuing 50 billion pounds of gilts a year. Now the interest bill is multiples of that. <laughs> so. so so um, the, it, it's it's very, very painful. I mean, it's difficult to kind of thread the needle here or to figure out the path because the Bank of England has no choice with the inflation print to, to be hawkish and to threaten more rate hikes. But we, we've got a recession coming. Right? It, isn't, isn't it baked in the cake? I mean, I suppose it, the question is about how sharp and how long and how quickly yeah. the Bank of England would have to reverse course. And if they do a 50 basis point rate rise, whether that is a policy error at well, this point. Well, we're, we're sort of getting to the point where that's what it will look like in, in a year's time. It's easy for me to sit here saying it. I mean, I mean if, as, as, a, as policymakers, they've got little choice, right? They, they are beholden to a mandate that they, that they have to deliver to. Then you've got a bunch of economists and some non-economists who have to make a decision. And it's pretty clear for them with the unacceptable inflation and wage pressure. The UK is a bit unique in the global economy because you're not seeing this in the US. You, you've seen a complete disinflation pattern on the headline at least. UK looks very different. Brexit effect, um, the huge fiscal stimulus of the during the COVID period, all of this is coming coming home to roost. But you have got, compared to nine months ago, a strong pound. Does that actually show that the UK can withstand higher rates better than them? Yeah, that's a bit, bit of a paradox because um, if you look at rate differentials, that makes the pound look attractive. But that's a short-term thing because if you look at the theory, interest rate parity theory, if a country is paying more on interest rates compared to another one, then that should say that the currency is going down in the future, right? That, that That's the interest rate parity theory. That's how the forwards work. There's no free lunch, right? Uh, but the bizarre thing is the flow into the higher yielding uh, gilts and pound assets is holding it up but that that doesn't look good news for next year or, or for you know some horizon i don't know three to six months you'd be worried about sterling wouldn't you sterling has frequently been a tool of policy in the past it's one of the levers that the uk has that france doesn't have right yeah <laughs> so, yeah or, or any, anyone here yeah absolutely yeah. so look then i mean i hesitate to use bond, bond vigilante but are we back to an era now where bond markets absolutely have the upper hand i mean we've seen it with liz trusso in the uk but also with even one could argue with Recep Tayyip Erdogan, also in Nigeria, I read uh, Bola Tinubu, same sort of thing. Is is that, are we now in that era where there is yeah. much more attention? Yields, on are, yields are above the trust era, right? So yeah. this, is, this is not supposed to have happened. 
and uh, I wouldn't go so far to use the emerging market comparison. I think that's inappropriate. The, the UK has some huge advantages. First of all, very high duration on the debt. The, the optionality that gives the DMO and therefore the Treasury is huge mm. right? in terms of switching on and off different segments of the curve if it's too expensive to issue. Right? It's expensive to issue when the yield is high. Uh, the Bank of England has good stock of, bo- of bonds as well. So, you, you know, there's, there's huge optionality around the policy. Um, uh, fiscal policy could be used as well. And uh, uh, the, the whole idea of integrating the monetary and fiscal stance in a, in a more imaginative way I believe you've just jumped on my hobby horse. Go That's on. a topic we've been raising for weeks <laughs> now, me. but it does seem the use of fiscal policy to bring down inflation, if it's the government's number one priority yeah. to halve inflation and there's this lag in monetary transmission, what would you see as being the way to do it through fiscal policy since you raised it? Well, they've got to consider taxation and and <gasps> and it's going to be selective. Of course, paradox again is that you put certain taxes up and you only boost the inflation rate but as a as a as a break on the economy they're going to have to be thinking about that and and uh, uh, there's other aspects that we could we could think about I mean it, it is true that that um, this inflation is is actually quite unique it's brexit related pandemic related uh, it, it needs a much more integrative response and and i'm surprised we haven't heard more so if you've been talking about it, that's good I mean, it, it, it needs yeah, to be discussed for weeks but but for example prime minister rishi sunak again you know talking about how the it, it doesn't the government doesn't seem to be at that place they are still talking about how inflation in the uk is okay. very similar to europe and it is a result of the war in ukraine etc i mean those are the lines Right. I don't want to be too speculative, but there must be discussions on this, right? So obviously the mandates are such that the prime minister and the chancellor shouldn't be stepping on the toes of the bank, mm. and the bank shouldn't be stepping on the toes of the chancellor. But of course they're talking about. It. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I'd be surprised if they're not. Indeed, and the wider <laughs> conversation globally is about monetary and fiscal policy working in tandem. But. I, yeah. Stephen, you weren't so cruel as to describe the UK as an emerging market, but I will ask you. Which emerging markets are you keen on? What's attractive yeah. to you? No, I, I don't think we're anywhere near emerging market status in the UK. Mm. I think it's just lazy, by the way, to, to say that the um, UK has finance financeability in a huge scale. But the, um, the markets we like are led by Mexico and Brazil. Um, and in fact, it's all the usual suspects, Indonesia, Korea, uh, Czech Republic. And what, what happens is we have a scorecard and it ends up uh, looking for certain criteria. And one of them is the real rate of interest mm. and some fiscal credibility. Mm-hmm. And if, in fact, India's creeping towards that, that group as well. So, so um, uh, we don't like China. Uh, because uh, we think there's little policy move and also it's a relative value thing investors have got so much else they can buy uh, uh, and again fiscal policy will probably be used in a in a looser sense in China not a tightening sense but I suppose how long can that EM trade last I mean that's that's the issue about the strength yeah. of, of the returns because they have been strong you know, done, done well months. this year yeah so it's the 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 top performers of yeah. EM the worst performer funny enough is GILT uh, in yield terms uh, but uh, you also had currency gains as well in some of those yeah. EM. Uh, and investors like that because if you're going to invest in something, whether you're going it's private or institutional, you do like a following wind. Yeah. Uh, so so trade, yeah. It, it looks like the right thing to do. And, and in fact, you could even argue that 
countries like Mexico have have quite some fiscal and monetary credibility, and it's supposed to be an emerging market. And so, in fact, you are getting your risk reward. You you, you are being rewarded for the amount of risk you're taking. Um, just in terms, though, I mentioned this when I was looking at the, the markets. There's been obviously this spike in rates volatility. Equities much calmer. Stocks have basically held up relatively well, also for a lot of this year. Why? And does that change swiftly in the second half of the year? Well, the the, the equity analysts have the luxury of taking the bond market as an input to mm-hmm. their process. I don't have much from them that I can use in my work. I'm, I'm serious. I don't know what input I get from equities. Right? Uh, so um, on the assumption that the rates are coming down next year, that buoys the the expectations about future earnings. So that, um, nothing I can tell you you don't already know. It, it's, it seems to me that's the best explanation of it. But there are a few people now starting to go a bit more risk off, I've noticed. Uh, our multi-asset team is not at the moment, but I, I think that we could be, you know, if, I, if I'm right on the bond market that we're on the top top of the range for the yields and that by Q4 US yields are coming down, if I'm right, then presumably it's more of a risk off kind of backdrop. All right. Always a pleasure. Stephen Major, Global Head of Fixed Income Research at HSBC. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.